Welcome to Mumbition, the podcast for business-owning women by Mums & Co, where we share inspiring stories of Australian mums in business. I'm Kerry Kwan, the co-founder of Mums & Co, and I will be joined each week by our community manager, Lucy Kippist. Together, we'll discuss how our guests harmonise their ambition, livelihood, and well-being. Let's get into the inspiring stories now. In the spirit of reconciliation, Mums & Co acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to Elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Kindness is crucial at Mums & Co. It's one of the behaviours that demonstrates our values of empowering ambition, deeply collectively caring and delighting people. The world can be a difficult place to inhabit sometimes and it's often mums who bear the brunt of the impact. Add to the fact that motherhood can also be isolating, much like a small business journey. In this environment, kindness is also a truly valuable and standout quality. And when combined with digital connection and digital serendipity, this can be seriously powerful. Mia Campbell is a perfect example of this in action. Mia is the founder of Connected AU, an online community she started to help ease the loneliness sweeping Australian communities by delivering programs that provide CBC digital connection, community and friendship. She joins us here today to share the story of her thriving business. Mia, welcome to the Mumbition Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's 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 been yeah a big thrill thrill to come and chat with you today. Now, our very first question is, you know, we love to hear about what you're doing, your business, and we think that women should embrace every opportunity they have to make introductions as well as connect with customers. So please, would love to hear you share your elevator pitch. (laughs) All right. So my elevator pitch is, my name's Mia Campbell. I'm the founder of Connected AU, which is a purpose-led business fighting loneliness across Australia. We deliver programs, national programs to provide connection and community to people uh, and create real, real connection and real impact across the country by delivering programs. I love how you describe it, fighting loneliness, because it is a fight, isn't it? The issue of loneliness and isolation has really come to the forefront of everyone's mind in conversation now. Loneliness and isolation are pre-existing health and community issues. Loneliness is a risk factor, equal risk factor for mortality, is smoking and obesity. It's linked to all sorts of comorbidities, so increased risk of stroke, CV disease, lots of significant negative health outcomes. So yeah, I think that's why we've been able to have so much momentum, because it's something everyone relates to it's so widespread. What do you love about your business right now? Right now it's wonderful to just feel it's probably just the feeling that we're we're a little more established now so uh, and, and just all the positives that come with that feeling so 18 months ago when we first started it when I first started it nearly two years ago now there was huge growth and that really happened for the first 12 months. There was just this fast growth and it just felt like, even though it was wonderful, uh, it just felt like we were constantly on this, just this momentum that we couldn't really stop. And you know that feeling when you're wonderful opportunities and it's really positive, but 
you just don't ever feel like you're actually getting a hot on top of things or getting a handle on things. And I feel like we've just sort of reached that peak where the programs are running really smoothly. We've got program managers running them, you know, things like our tech is all in, in order now and all our platforms. And it just feels at the moment like we've got a sense of control over everything and we're all comfortable with the pace. It's still growing and there's still all these exciting opportunities, but it's a, a feeling of just being comfortable, I guess, now. I was thinking about um, like leaps. I'm not sure how, I, I believe you've got a young one at the moment mm. or toddlers, mm. you know, they're kind of just adapted to a, a little bit chaotic at first and they go through a bit of, you know, more established routines and and then they're, you know, you're thrown into the, the deep end with another new thing. So it's a phase, right? You're, <laughs> you're kind of going through. Yeah, that's right. And that's, yeah, I like considering that connection I guess it has been a little bit like having a child and you yeah you you get on top of one thing and then it changes and you're constantly sort of chasing your tail but thankfully right now it's fairly comfortable and calm and just on that I do you have what do you what have you found in terms of being the transferable skills between business and motherhood I think mothers have a bit of a head start in business you probably don't feel that way to begin with because you also have so many extra things to juggle. It's, there are so many challenges. You've spoken about that. And, you know, that's something that you really focus on, all of the challenges. There's wonderful benefits. But I certainly think women or mothers have some extra skills that you just subconsciously develop. One of them is being able to multitask. I feel like it's, it's certainly in our business journey anyway, the ability to multitask has been has just been life-saving, especially when we had growth in so many areas last year. So we have corporate sponsors, we have government involvement, we've had individuals in the community, schools, businesses, multiple programs, so lots of media. So the ability to just yeah, multitask and be able to focus well on lots and lots of different things and really give importance to each of them. So that's certainly been something. Uh, and also the ability to negotiate. And I don't know if that's all mothers, but I feel like my previous career was as a lawyer and I feel like negotiation skills is just really good in conflict resolution. With When you're a mum, everyone develops it. You know, you have to negotiate and you have to pick your battles and figure out is that, you know, ice cream worth us? really, you know, having a battle about or should I not, you know, how can I negotiate it? So I feel like that has worked well. Um, and especially with this journey that I've been on, we have, um, I've been really lucky to be able to have staff and, and move down that channel of having people working, working for me with the programs. And, and I felt like that's come into play really nicely. Being able to negotiate, but even further than that, being able to identify individuals characteristics and personalities and and that's similar I think that's something for motherhood you know your children are all very different and how you manage or 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 interact with one child's different to another child they have different needs and strengths and weaknesses and that has helped me in terms of staffing certainly because I've had you know different staff and they're all very different that's a fascinating one you know we I think we do have to be on our a game when we're talking to them and we do have to really kind of be in tune and like listen to what they're actually saying and what they're really concerned about mm. you know and, and that that takes a patience and then of course you've gone up into a hostage negotiation type <laughs> type type tactics and and, <laughs> and and the art of um influencing there so yeah. amazing 
Mia, Carrie and I were had the wonderful opportunity of meeting you not so long ago, well, a few months ago now, actually it feels like a lifetime, but probably back in, in May as we were preparing for our Be Empowered conference. And at the time we were talking and, you know, you were talking about the momentum that you'd referred to there being sort of, you know, unexpected in lots of ways. And you've also just shared there with us about how, you know, how you do use your motherhood skills in, in business. But I'm just wondering what is it that you've had to stop doing in order to make life work for you, so make the business work and home life work? Yes, there's a clear winner in that answer and I feel like probably the majority of your probably the majority of your community who've gone through something similar to me would agree. Unfortunately, it is. So what for me anyway, unfortunately it's a bit of self-care um, and I know one of your other questions is along that theme and so for me the priorities have just had to be family, obviously first, and then business second. And then, yeah, I have really stopped just just being able to enjoy, I guess, exercise and, you know, just relaxation and doing things for myself and taking time out to to, to really take care of yourself, so nurturing yourself. Um, I certainly still try and get in a quick walk or go for a run or you know, whip up a quick omelette, but it's certainly on another level. It's not enjoyable. It's more rushed. And that's, that's absolutely had to be sacrificed, which is really disappointing. And I absolutely can see the, the negative effects or impacts on me of not being able to do that when you're just entirely focused on looking after your family and, and everything, your household, and, and then focused on the business entirely. I am hoping, or the way I rash, you know, was able to talk to myself about it last year was it's not going to be for a long time. That was my rationale last year was it'll just be for a little while until we can get on top of things and then I'll be able to really carve some time out for myself to get back into being healthy and and really looking after myself I'm not there yet though so I don't know it's certainly not as easy as I'd as I'd hoped thank you so much for sharing that because I think that is a very common experience and not everyone particularly I think with all of the of the rhetoric, if that's the right word to use, around social media, particularly in relation to this, with the shoulds and the musts around that. Mm. And I love that you've just acknowledged there that it actually it is actually very, very hard, slash yes. impossible at times to achieve that. Mm. And I think what I'm hearing there too is to be able to, to justify that time. And this is a daily striving. It's not like we're going to just get there. It's not like we have everything that's neatly in these you know, areas mm. and we can allocate. I think we just have to be okay with scaling things up or scaling things back or, y- mm. you, know, you know, you have to kind of keep harmonising those elements that are important to you because you cannot drop them completely. No. But sometimes one of them is going to be a little bit more front of mind than the other one. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you refer to your triangle, the pillars that you have where, or the shape. And I know you ask people, you know, the shape or the, the shape that comes to their mind for a good life. And for me, what pops into my mind, I guess it's a wave, so not technically a shape, but someone once told me that life is just like a wave. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, and sometimes different things are up and down. So if at the moment, unfortunately, you know, self-care is down and I'm just really focused on family and work that's how it is and it ebbs and flows and I guess the the struggle is trying to just balance it so they're not so extreme so at the moment it's fairly extreme for me it's pretty fairly yeah focused on business and 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 family 
and absolutely not much focus on self-care. So I guess the juggle is just balancing it a bit so they're not as huge crashes. <laughs> and yeah, they'll, they'll come back. I, I promise you, you know, I, yeah. I've had, you know, nine years in the first business and I've, you know, we just turned five here at Mums & Co. So yeah, that is that is the, the cycle and that is, you know, at some point you'll be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm all about me and I've, you know, spent, ticked all my fitness goals this week mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, the, the business is in a good place. Like the business family is, they're, they're, they're in a nice momentum so you can ease back and you've got some workflows that are in place that help you automate or help you get back, claw back some of that time. Yes. So. I, think, I think it's also probably just getting experience. So my working life before this has just been as a professional working for firms. I haven't worked for myself before. So I've gone on, done a great job, gone home and not had to really, you know, I've managed matters, but I haven't had to manage a business before. So I think a little of it is just going to be me learning how to make decisions, not just about business, but about everything. So for instance, I really thought that uh, my goal was to be able to be in a position to hire. I had staff working for me, but one of our programs are online hobby groups. So I'll just give you a bit of a background. Our main program is the Letterbox Project. It's a pen pal program across Australia. It's just grown because because of my legal background, I built in this really solid safety. It's it's um, really complex management and logistics behind it. And so that's taken care of itself. We have a phenomenal amount of work on that for automations and systems. Our second program are online hobby groups. So you can go online, you can join a book club or a cooking club, and it's all just about giving people connections. So someone who mightn't have any connection, it's mums at home with toddlers, it's retirees, it's women on properties who just feel a bit lonely. And that was getting to a point and I needed to hire someone. But that's a learning for me. That's never going to be the case where you can just hire someone and your workload will reduce. It, it hasn't happened that way at all. In fact, I've probably been busier. So that's one lesson that I've learned. And the second thing that I think I will need to learn, and you have both probably come across it, is is just to say no or not now, I guess. So because so many wonderful things kept coming, media would come and so I'd say yes to all of that because you needed that exposure. I needed to build that over the 12 months to get my corporate sponsors. So it was yes, yes, yes to everything. And then I had corporate businesses wanting to get involved in the letters. So I'd have Deloitte called and they had 450 staff wanting and then Expedia and Discovery and all these different companies. I was like, yes, yes. Okay, we're getting them on board now. That meant like a whole new logistics and workflows. And then I've just seemed to keep doing that, even even right now. So we, we've upgraded our platform in the last month. And even right now, we have two new partners coming on board in addition to Tetley. And I could manage all that, but um, Hallmark have reached out and where I had the opportunity to work with them on a letter writing kit. That's just a great opportunity that I didn't want to let go. There's also um, Interflora. They've reached out wanting to do competition and a giveaway. And it's this is perfect timing this interview because I might ask you what your what your advice is because I just as soon as I saw it come through I was just exhausted thinking I do not have time or I have a, a yes thing so I think that's my issue. First of all I'm super super happy that you got all these opportunities and it's obviously you're onto a good thing which is amazing. I have three pieces of advice. It has to be what you want. Yes. So you know when you're onto a good thing everyone I think wants a bit of you know a, a bit of that piece of the action or the piece of the pie. Mm. And that's amazing. But what happens is that sometimes it it makes, it's always on someone else's agenda. So mm. it's actually, where do you want to focus, right? It comes back to what you, you really want to do. And if they align, fantastic. But if they yeah. don't in any way, it's 
it's actually going, you know, it sounds amazing, but um, right now I need to focus on this. We have this partnership prospectus because we really believe in partnerships as a as a, as, as a strategic objective, as a, you know, Sarah, who's our chief of staff, she actually spends a lot of time creating amazing partnerships and she wants to hear from people, but it has to be the right people. Mm. So it's actually figuring out, you know, what is the objective of your partnerships? What are you looking for? Are they aligned to your values? You know, just going through the basics of saying, here's a framework. If you want to partner with us, you have to meet this criteria. Mm. Mm. And what I'm really looking for is someone at this you know, it could be grassroots or it could be we just want corporates or yeah. whatever it is. It's actually kind of crafting out who your ideal partner is. Mm. And then the third is probably you're perfectly within your own rights and uh, I encourage you to say yes but not now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and and to say, you know, we we absolutely think the best time for this will be in three months' time or in six months' time <laughs> or a year time just to give you that breathing space because sometimes you don't know them. You actually kind of want to have a bit engagement beforehand as well. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, I've, and I've known for a little while I need a, I probably need a business coach, someone who can really help me make these decisions and, yeah, and just go over some strategy with me and just, um, just that person, the sounding board to say, you know what, this is what you should do. What's really important to you, Mia? Of these 10 things on your plate, what's really important? And I know that, um, but business coaching is obviously it's an added expense and, and you need time to engage really well in that. So that's in my plans as well in the future. We can help you with that, Mia, when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> we can help you with that. You just help with so many things. That's why I think I love your community, just the connections and the trusted connections. And I think, Lucy, I think that's what we spoke about mm-hmm. at when I spoke to you, mm-hmm. one of the challenges I found is knowing whose advice to take mm-hmm. and who to engage with because it's so easy now to say you're a professional. I'm a professional Facebook ads person. I'm a professional whatever it is, marketing agent, marketing agency. And I've had a few really bad experiences with um, people that seem really good on paper. You know, I, I think I'm fairly good at doing my due diligence and looking into them and uh, and they really haven't worked out at all. So it's where, how do you know who to trust? And I have found recommendations have probably been the safest and the best for me, just people recommending other people to use. So Mia, you know, we know that you're a passionate community builder and supporter. Can you tell us about your co and how they support you? Yes. So really well. And you would both know that you, it's not just you who make sacrifices, is it, when you're doing something like this? So on a family level, certainly my husband, he's picked up the slack in a lot of areas when I've had really busy weeks and that's more of a juggle now or more of a balance now between both of us. So he's been helpful in that regard. The girls, even my children, even my two girls have, yeah, they've been really supportive and understanding and, you know, and people probably don't ever consider the children, but they're like, okay, like my 10-year-old daughter, she understood that I'm coming in here, toddler not so much, but understood that I was coming in here and she understands that. And so she, even if she needs something, she will just wait for this to be over. So certainly family. Uh, and then on a, on a wider scale, I think where I'm based regionally, you make these wonderful connections with, I've found predominantly women in this network that I've found. And so there's been people like Georgie Robertson, who's, who has helped me with a lot of the PR, learn how to navigate the PR. My graphic designer, Emma Barrett, is in a, you know, a town, one town over, web developer came on board. So I've been able to, to, to come into this network of other rural and regional women that I've found really supportive. 
for other women that might be listening right now thinking is, you know, based in a rural area or a regional area, what do you think is a tip? What's your, your number one tip for anyone who's contemplating that in an, in an area like yours? Um, start a business network absolutely network which is you know that's the foundation of your business isn't it so it's not a new concept but being open to networking and I don't mean the traditional local networking where you go to a local business networking event I just it can be anything so it can be social media Instagram so for instance my graphic designer Emma Barrett who I mentioned earlier she did some work for another photographer out here, Clancy Job. I don't know if you know of her, but she does phenomenal photography. So she's done all my photography off that connection. And then Georgie Robertson, the media, uh, my PR uh, agency was another connection. So I think it's just being open to those connections. So when someone says, oh, I work, I've worked with her before, you're like, okay, what's her number? I'll get in touch and give her a call. So it's just being open to, to network and connections and putting yourself out there a bit as well, having to put yourself out there and be social. Connected AU is a, is a business model based on kindness, which is something that we celebrate here too at Mums & Co. So how does the value of caring and kindness permeate the day-to-day running of your business, do you think? It's been an interesting juggle as well. So it's one thing to have a mission, a, such a clear mission and passion, and to start something. But And, and it, it, it did snowball and you just have such passion and there is so much kindness and focus on 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 the good that you're doing and the impact but at some point it it has to become a business as well and so that has been a bit of a juggle because sometimes it's the day-to-day running and so for instance the program of the letterbox project there's a program manager and people who read the letters and sometimes I go in there and read some of the letters and what I would have 12 months ago 18 months ago been like oh my gosh like that is just so wonderful and spent time and really enjoyed seeing all this kindness being shared now it's you know you probably have to sometimes just focus on the business so I've found it a bit of a juggle to be able to have to just really always remember what we're doing and why we're doing it for and stay focused on what it is that we're doing so that has been a small juggle and for for I think thousands of vulnerable Australians connected AU is 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 really their front line of mental health. How does this role in wellbeing shape your approach to business risk? And what types of processes and measures do you put in place to protect your business in that sense? That's a great question. It's really complex. So just a few of the little things. I am lucky with my background in law because when I first started the Letterbox Project, so I first started this, I was very risk-focused and so I identified all the risks and how I could mitigate them all. So even the fact that it's just a pen pal program, it became what it has become because the processes and safety that I've set up. So we don't share any individual, sorry, we don't share any personal information or identifiable personal information and all the letters are vetted through our team, which is why it's grown. And that's why everyone is, is really enjoying it and trusting it, but that's huge in itself. So 500 letters a week are coming in and being sent. And the, as you can imagine, so we have thousands of, thousands of people on our systems and um, that all requires automations and a lot of complicated computer technology workflows that I didn't do, obviously had to outsource all of that. But so I've built in some really strong security and safety so that it's protecting us, but also so we're protecting everyone. And that's why I had to so quickly figure out funding and my revenue and how am I going to generate income because I needed people to read all of the 
you know, every single letter is vetted. Um, so I needed people to do that and I needed people to manage this entire workflow system with thousands of automations going. Like if you sign up to write a letter, you don't just receive an email with your person. You do re- you receive a welcome email and then an email with your recipient and then we tell you when we've got your letter, we tell you when they've received your letter, we tell you when a letter's on its way back to you. So like so many systems. So that's safety. And then our, our second program, which are the online hobby groups that I mentioned, again, it's all focused on risk. How do you mitigate that? What's the best legal, what's the best way for us to be really protected and everyone else. And so that is why I needed the staff member, the manager of each of those clubs, because it's everything's monitored so that there's a group chat where everyone talks about their recipes and shares photos of their dinner that they've cooked or it might be and she's she's there she's a full-time manager she manages that she hosts the 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 monthly event on zoom where we all cook so there's that constant management and safety and I think it's so important it's so important in any business but certainly because my focus is on supporting vulnerable people it needed to be just more. It needed to be so focused on protecting everyone. It's fascinating mm. just to get an insight into, you know, there's that personal element which is picking up things but also your automation cycles which are, you know, and, and you know, I think that's a really exciting area and in two in some ways this is my inner digital geek, <laughs> you know, in terms of, you know, how AI might play a, business, a part in that and, yeah. you know, at some point. So really exciting. It, it really is. I have been um, pleasantly surprised at how interested I have actually found the tech behind all of this and also data. So if you're that way inclined, you would you would love to see behind the scenes. So we have so much data at our hands now, over 20,000 people, and that's also why we need a really, really strong protection for on our cybersecurity side of it. But so where people are telling us why they need a letter, so you know, it might be in that we categorise them. So it might say I had breast cancer three years ago and um, now I've just developed really, really severe anxiety from that. And so I'm not social and I'm really lonely and I'd like a pen pal. So we categorize everything and we obviously de-identified, but we have ages and names, sorry, ages and all those demographics. And so we might be able to say to you that in Melbourne, in this particular postcode, you know, 72, 72% of the people that wrote letters fall into the category of physical, a physical health issue. So they've, they've, they've had a physical health issue and then they've transitioned out of that. And maybe there wasn't any supports in that area for mental health. Once you leave, once you have a significant physical health issue. So there's a lot of data behind it. And, and, um, that will be interesting. I don't have the time now and you know we're capturing it all and we're certainly using it in a small way but I think over time that data will be really really useful yeah to help more Mm. so amazing um now Mia in the spirit of women supporting women I know that you've mentioned a number of amazing women so far who are the ambitious that you would like to say hello to so there's one main I mean there are so many women and this is not to disregard anyone's help I've had so much help from so many wonderful people but one person who has been the most just the most helpful in so integral in everything and so lovely is my partnership my partnership manager Laura Hall I think she's part of your community so she's in Sydney and she's a partnership just guru is what I say about her. And I've recommended her again. I've recommended her to about eight or nine women in this rural network and they've all followed up with her and she's all been able to help them. So she's been really helpful to me. She 
she came on board when I didn't have a partner and she she um she was the reason we have Tetley so she signed on Tetley T within two weeks of reaching you know it took her only took her two weeks to sign on this it's it's really significant that partnership it, it enabled us to have staff in an office that's really significant so she was phenomenal but it's not just how good she is at her job it's She's just a wonderful person and she's really helpful. So if anyone reaches out to her, she does everything she can to help them. Uh, cue an inundation of queries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you'd like to follow Mia, you can find her on her Instagram account at connected underscore AU. And if you haven't already come and joined our ambitious supportive movement of thousands of Australian business owning women just like you, come and visit us at mumsandco.com.au. Mia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your company as well. It's been fascinating. Uh, and, you know, all the best um, for the amazing work that you are doing at Connected AU. Can I say hello? Uh... Hello, what's your name? <laughs> Remy. Remy, hello. Nice to meet you. So um, Remy's actually just written his first letter. He's actually uh, written to some of his school friends who he hasn't been able to see whilst he's been in lockdown. That's wonderful. So is there any question that you'd like to ask me about? How often should you write to your friend? I think it depends on how much time you have, but we have seen some really beautiful connections made between people when they are writing about once a month so it's not too much for them but it's enough to enough to stay in touch and so every month you're checking in and and seeing what's happening in their life so I think once a month is pretty a pretty achievable amount thank you (laughs) that's okay we hope you enjoyed this episode of mumbition by mums and co Head over to the show notes for a full transcript of the interview and any links we have referred to. Mums & Co is Australia's most caring business network for women. Join us today for just $30 at mumsandco.com.au. This podcast was produced and edited by Morgan Sebastian Brown of Brown Tree Productions and hosted by Kerry Kwan, co-founder of Mums & Co and community manager Lucy Kippis. We love hearing your feedback, so if you haven't already, Please share, rate and review this podcast and we can reach more business-owning mothers just like you.